Nutrients. They are needed by the body to perform its basic functions, and since we don't make them, we have to get them from our food. The more we know about nutrients, the more benefit we can get from our grub. But seven major types of nutrients, with many sources for each type, some that are considered good and others considered bad, makes Hootie very confused. I'm Hootie, and you're listening to Hootie the Foodie. He may be 10 years old, but he's an expert. You're listening to Hootie the Foodie. In this episode, we're going to explore how our bodies react to different nutrients in our food, and how we can use that information to make food choices which give us energy, keep us feeling full, and help us maintain a healthy, comfortable weight. My guest is an author, nutritionist, celebrity health coach, and a mom. Kelly Levesque, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Odie. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited for you to be here. <laughs> Let me start by wishing you congratulations on recently having your second baby. Hey, thanks. As you know, I'm a little sleep deprived, but I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Kelly, you are highly regarded by adults who depend on your expertise to learn how to eat healthy, delicious foods and feel great. But we kids need that information, too. I'm hoping that today you can help us learn how to get a head start on healthy eating. I'm happy to do it. So let's do this. I'd like to discuss the different categories of nutrients and what effect each of them have on the body. Let's start with my personal favorite, carbs. How can you go wrong with carbs or carbohydrates? So carbohydrates are a type of macronutrient, and some examples of carbohydrates include your vegetables. So your vegetables are all carbohydrates, whether that's asparagus or potatoes. You can get into processed carbohydrates, and that includes things like pasta and cereals and bread, and you can get into sugary carbohydrates, and that's things like candy and, you know, Gatorades or fruit juices. So carbohydrates are a source of energy for the body, and they are all different depending on how they're packaged up. So a potato acts really differently in the body than, say, juice or candy, but they all break down to sugar. And that sugar is called blood sugar or glucose, and it affects your energy. So depending on how much you eat and how fast it breaks down, it might give you more energy or less energy. And definitely the type of carbohydrates you eat affect how you feel. You mentioned potatoes are carbohydrates. Does that also mean like fried potatoes, like French fries? Yep, they're all carbohydrates. So does the friedness do like anything bad to the french fries? So when I was saying that depending on the type of carbohydrate, it may affect the body differently. Yeah, it's how you cook it. It's how it's broken down. It's how processed it is. So let's use the potato, for example. If you were to have a baked potato, for example, it is a vegetable. It's a form of carbohydrate. There's some fiber in that skin. So to eat a baked potato, your body is going to break that down into something called glucose or blood sugar, and it's going to give you energy. Now, if you were to eat fried potatoes, that frying process can create 
oxidation, which means that it can be a little bit inflammatory in the body because they're fried. And then there are things like potato chips, right? Which you can easily eat a whole bag of potato (laughs) chips and they're delicious, obviously, but it's not really providing the fiber that you would get from the skin anymore. And it also is using a lot of oils and that taste of potato chips versus like a regular potato. If you were to eat those potato chips, the salty, fatty, oily flavor, it actually is considered hyper palatable, meaning it's really hard to say no. Once you take one bite, it's like the commercial. Once you pop, you can't stop. It's really hard to not eat that because the brain registers it as something that's really, really good. So our hunger hormones don't really respond in the normal way. We kind of go like, "Mm, this is really good. We'll eat until we feel sick versus if you were to have a baked potato or, you know, some roasted potatoes, you would stop when you felt full. Yeah. How much do we really need of it? Okay. So this is kind of interesting. I want you to think about what your body needs. So when we look at science and we look at what your body needs. Your body needs a couple of things from the food that you eat, no matter what your lifestyle. So say you might have friends that are vegetarian or who are vegan or pescatarian or paleo or kosher. You know, they just follow a specific way of eating, right? No matter who you are, what lifestyle you follow, you have to get specific things from your food. You have to get protein from your food, which is essential amino acids. You have to get healthy fat from your food. These are things like your omega-3s. When they tell you that fish is really good for you, that has that healthy fat in it. And so those are things you have to get from your food. When it comes to carbohydrates, the things that are really beneficial from your food include the fiber that comes from those veggies, the phytochemicals or the antioxidants that come from those veggies. A lot of people don't realize it, but when you eat veggies throughout your day, you're getting 20% of the water that your body needs from vegetables. Yeah, because they contain water. So that's pretty cool to think about too. So when you think about what you need for carbohydrates, you need enough to have energy, but you don't want too much. And so what we can do is when you think about eating carbohydrates, you just need a little bit at each meal to fuel your body to the next meal. And what sometimes happens is remember how I told you that potato chips are kind of hard to stop eating sometimes because they're pretty highly palatable or they have a delicious factor that's hard to say no to, right? Addictive. Yeah. Yeah. They're super addictive. So what can happen is these addictive carbohydrates or the things that we have a hard time having a no button to or an off button to, we start to eat them and we don't really say no. And so what happens is I tell my clients to imagine potato chips going in your mouth. You can picture like potato chip emojis, right? Picture eating them and then they go down your throat into your stomach. They're digested. And what happens is those potato chips turn into blood sugar. So if you picture those little potato chips floating in your bloodstream, all in your veins, right? All of that is energy and it needs to go to the cells of your body. So you have places to put this energy and I call them the gas tanks, right? You have a couple big gas tanks. So one gas tank is your liver and your liver does a really good job of being the gas tank for all your organs and your brain. So you're having a podcast with me right now and Mm -hmm. your brain needs energy. So your liver is responsible for making sure that there's blood sugar in your bloodstream and enough so that you have energy. And then another tank that stores these potato chips. So you imagine those little potato chips floating in your bloodstream and 
the other tank is your muscles. So say you wanted to go run a marathon or you wanted to play soccer. Do you play a sport? Yeah, I play everything. Okay, great. So football and baseball are perfect examples. You need to run. You need to run the bases. You need to run for a touchdown, right? You're moving all your muscles. So your muscles need this blood sugar too as energy. So what we want to do is make sure that our liver tank has enough good energy for our brain and our organs and that our muscles are full of blood sugar as well so that when we want to run, that we have the energy to do it. That's the gas of our gas tanks. So carbohydrates do provide fuel for us. What ends up happening though to some people is we eat too much in one sitting. Have you ever had too much candy and you feel like, oh, I have so much energy, but then I feel like you're crashing. So that's what can happen with carbohydrates is that we need a little bit, right? So that our liver tank is full and our muscles are full so that we can have energy to do all the things that we love. But we don't want too much because too much can make us feel like we do when we're at a sleepover where we have all this energy. And then all of a sudden, when we're putting that energy away, we sort of feel like we're crashing. And so that's something to think about when it comes to carbohydrates is how can we prevent that feeling, that candy, sugary feeling of a sleepover? How can we prevent that and make sure that we still have the energy that we need? And what's so great is fruits and veggies that have high fiber when they're plant-based, for example, that fiber slows the digestion of that sugar for you. And so you never feel like you went to a sleepover. So if you pick the veggies or you pick the deep colored berries, then you're never going to have that crashing out sick to your stomach feeling because I think what's cool about nature is it provides this perfect little package that makes sure that you never feel like you've had too much. Let's talk about protein. What does our body need protein for? So protein's really special. Protein is needed for the muscle cells of your body. It's needed for every single cell in your body, actually. And it's also needed for the hormones that your body makes and the neurotransmitters. And neurotransmitters are happy chemicals. So when you feel really happy, they are chemicals that your body produces, things like dopamine. So I love protein because not only is it the most satisfying macronutrient, meaning when you eat protein, like like say, for example, you had a piece of chicken or a piece of fish or a steak or eggs, you might not realize it, but that is the type of food other than like fat and carbohydrates. Protein makes you feel the most full, like the most calm in your body. It regulates the majority of your hunger hormones. So if you said, I wanted to eat breakfast and not feel hungry until lunch, you really want to focus on protein because it makes so many things in your body and it maintains your muscle mass, which is your metabolism, and it keeps you the most calm. My grandmother has a steak day once in a while where she doesn't eat anything during the day and has an awesome steak dinner. She got me hooked. Now I love to make a thick, juicy, pan-cooked, medium-rare steak for dinner. Please tell me that is an awesome source for protein. I love that you just said that because unfortunately, red meat gets a little bit of a bad reputation, but let me tell you, it is the most nutrient-packed protein that your body can have. It is full of iron. It's a great source of protein, so it's full of iron that your body needs, and iron is responsible for taking nutrients and oxygen all over your body. It's full of all your B vitamins. If you're picking grass-fed beef, it's full of vitamin D. It's really like a multivitamin. Let's chew the fat. 
Dr. Google tells me that fats are essential nutrients that we need in our diet. But won't eating fat make us fat? <laughs> no, your body needs fat, and Dr. Google is right. So when you think about it, you just want to make healthy fat choices. So great examples of healthy fat include avocado, olive oil, nuts, nut butters. And just like how I told you that protein makes you feel full and calm, what fat does is fat makes that meal last in your body. So instead of eating something and feeling hungry a half hour later, when you eat your meals with healthy fat, they last longer in your body. They make your meal slow fuel instead of fast fuel. And we always want slow fuel because that makes us feel the most calm and the most energized at the same time. It's like feeling focused and relaxed, if that makes sense. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to continue our discussion about nutrients with Kelly Levesque. We're back to Hootie the Foodie. Welcome back to Hootie the Foodie. I'm talking to knowledgeable nutritionist Kelly Levesque. In your books, you talk about a concept called the Fab Four. What are the Fab Four? So the Fab Four are four things that I have my clients look for on their plate at every meal. What I wanted them to have was a short checklist of things that were really healthy for their body and what they needed to get from their food. So those four things include protein, fat, fiber, and leafy greens. So we can go through what each one of those four things are if you'd like. Yeah, sure. Okay. So you know what protein is because you just yes. said that you love steak, right? Yeah. So examples of protein include steak, chicken, fish, eggs, even some beans if someone's vegetarian. Um, if someone likes specific types of yogurt, there are certain types of that that also are rich in protein as well. So then you have healthy fats. And healthy fats are, like we talked about, avocado, nuts, seeds, olive oils, olives, coconut products, and they make everything more delicious. And then you have fiber and leafy greens. And the reason why the last two pillars or the last two things on that checklist are fiber and leafy greens is because I want people to have half their plate be vegetables, non-starchy vegetables or salad type foods. Because what happens is, is we can easily go through the day if you're eating processed foods or making microwavable meals or picking up takeout, you can easily go a whole day without having vegetables. So the point is for people to remember that your body needs vegetables. We talked about how much water is in vegetables, but antioxidants are these amazing chemicals that fight stress in our body. So that is also something that you're going to get from your veggies. And the fiber feeds your microbiome. I don't know if you know what that is, but inside your gut, there's a bunch of little happy, healthy bugs that eat and break down your food. <laughs> You'll learn more about that when you get a little bit older. They keep us really healthy. Okay, interesting fact. <laughs> you are famous for your smoothies. Why do you like smoothies and recommend them? Well, one thing I noticed was a lot of people didn't have very much protein for breakfast. And like I said earlier, protein is the most satisfying thing. It helps us feel focused and calm and relaxed, but like able to like do whatever we need to do. So 
you think about having a breakfast without protein and then going to school, it may be really hard for you to learn or to stay focused. And what if you get hungry and you're distracted? So whether someone's going to school or going to work or trying to do really big things, I wanted them to feel their best and to naturally not have to think about food all the time, but to really feel their best. And what's so cool about a protein shake is it's really easy to get 20 grams of protein in a protein shake. And that's what research shows us makes people feel the most calm and most relaxed. And I think it's really fun because you can make all these great flavors. Like you could do a chocolate almond butter shake and just sneak in a handful of spinach and you wouldn't really taste it. And it might taste like a peanut butter cup, or maybe you like snickerdoodle cookie and you wanted to do vanilla protein powder with coconut butter and cinnamon and nutmeg. So you can have a lot of fun with the flavors, but the cool part is, is you're getting so much protein and healthy fat in there that you're feeling full and calm and it's naturally regulating your hunger hormones instead of like we talked about, there are certain foods that maybe are hard to have an off button with or an off switch protein shake. You drink it, it tastes delicious and you feel your best. So you talked about that you could sneak vegetables into your smoothies. So I've heard of that before, and I've been scared to try it. But when I finally tried it, I'm like, wow, I can't taste anything. It just tastes like a regular smoothie. And now I know it's healthy. That's so great. I'm so glad to hear you're drinking green smoothies. (laughs) I got it from you. (laughs) Awesome. What is one of your personal favorite smoothie recipes? So one of my all-time favorites is called Cookies and Cream. And it has chocolate protein in it and almond butter. And it has chia. So that's the fiber and you don't taste that. And then it has, for the greens, it's the spinach. And then we put a fourth a cup of wild blueberries in it. And I don't know what it is, but that chocolate blueberry almond butter kind of gives off this cookies and cream flavor. And it was weird. The first time I made it, I just thought it was going to taste like, I don't know, chocolate almond butter blueberry. But when I took my first sip, I had to have my husband try it because I was like, this tastes like a cookies and cream milkshake. You have to try it. You had me at cookies and cream. (laughs) You're a mom with a toddler and a baby. What are some things that we can do from a very early age to help kids become curious and healthy eaters? One of my favorite things ever is to take my son, Sebastian, who's two, to the farm stand. So whether it's a farmer's market or the grocery store or a farm stand, if you have a farm by you, getting Sebastian to not only choose the veggies he wants to go home and cook, but I get him involved. So he has his own apron, his own toddler knife, his own little cutting board, and we wash and chop the veggies together. I mean, he's still working on his skills, but he's a great helper. And we'll drizzle them with olive oil and add seasoning and put it in the oven. And I'm always having him try stuff. And I think getting him involved in the kitchen at a young age really made him curious about real foods. He's very open-minded when it comes to like the types of foods he's willing to eat at his age. And of course, he's like every other kid. He knows that candy tastes good or that, you know, cookies taste probably better than broccoli. But He doesn't say no to broccoli and he really loves to help. So it's been really fun to show him where his food comes from. At two years old? Yeah, he's a pretty mature little (laughs) two-year-old. Sounds like I'll be interviewing Sebastian soon. (laughs) 
Do you have nutritional tips specifically for kids my age? You know what? I think the best thing you can think about is how you can start your day with something that makes you feel full and calm. So I like a protein shake or an egg scramble or just think about whatever your first meal of the day is. If you can make it healthy, that's always a great way to start. And then whenever you can, even if you're out to dinner and you're like, I really want the pizza and you get the pizza, look at the menu and see, can you add a veggie? Hey, just get the side of broccoli with your pizza. Not that big of a deal. Yeah, people. you don't need French fries. You don't need the French fries. <laughs> How do you feel about snacks during the day? So it totally depends on the person. If they learn how to eat real full meals, they may not need snacks. Remember how I said there are certain meals when you eat enough, enough yeah. protein, fat, fiber, and greens that you're not hungry until lunch? Yeah, I remember that. Well, if you're not hungry, then I don't think you need to snack. But if you do feel really hungry, I think it's important to snack on things that make you feel full. And so remember the Fab Four if you're thinking about what you should have to make yourself feel full. Like great examples of a Fab Four snacks would be a hard-boiled egg or a handful of nuts, you know, some beef jerky, something that is giving you a little bit of protein and a little bit of fat, or maybe some veggies and avocado hummus is definitely something you should try. Yeah, because I really like avocados, so it's probably going to be a snack that I'm going to try now. But basically, you're saying that as a snack, I shouldn't have Sour Belts? Oh, man. I remember when I was your age, I used to love the watermelon Sour Patch Kids. You know, but it's sort of like that sleepover where you have it and you're like, it's so delicious and yummy and I'm feeling like a sugar high. But then when you crash out, it's kind of like, Oh, that's why I feel tired or cranky or I can't really focus or I can't do my homework. Like that's all pretty normal because that's what's happening in your body. You had all this energy going up and then it's crashing, crashing down. So if you ever feel like you're crashing like that, like maybe you had too much candy, that's pretty normal. But what I would look for to eat, I wouldn't say like, I'm not going to eat. I would actually just say, how can I have a meal that is satisfying and nourishing to my body? So whether that's some chicken and veggies or that steak that you love. What I always tell my clients to do is eat through it. So you want to eat healthy instead of trying to deprive yourself or feel bad about it. You would say, oh, I'm going to make a healthy choice now. And so you just make a nourishing, calming choice instead. When I see pictures of your food online, it always, and when I say always, I mean always, looks amazing. Thanks. Is there a benefit to making food look as good as it tastes? Yeah, I mean, there are a few times when the food doesn't look as delicious, but I think it still tastes pretty good, like a messy curry or something. Yeah. But yeah, you eat with your eyes. Like anything, if it looks appetizing, I mean, that's why, which is really crazy to think about, but you know, a lot of like fast food commercials, they use fake things and even cereal in advertising. Instead of using milk, they use Elmer's glue because they want it to look really fresh. And so it's all fake. So that's how they get you to think like, oh, I want cereal that looks really good. But remember that you eat with your eyes. And so you want it to be beautiful and you want it to be enticing. And I think the more color, the better. And I think if it smells good, that always really helps too. 
Do you ever have cheat days? If so, what's your favorite cheat food? Yes, but I don't call them cheat days. I say I'm making a choice because I know that, say for example, sugar and berries is better for me than candy, right? I know that because I'm getting all of the antioxidants, but I also know that my body is totally capable of dealing with the sugar and we're really resilient as human beings. So when I make a choice to have something, I don't feel bad about it. So I don't call it a cheat. So I make a choice and my favorite thing to eat is a chocolate chip ice cream sandwich. And there's a place where I live that makes gluten-free chocolate chip cookies with this coconut vanilla ice cream in the middle. And that is the bee's knees. Still getting the gluten. (laughs) Kelly, thank you for taking time from your super busy mom and work schedule to share your expertise and advice with me today. I learned a lot and I will probably listen back a few times so I can fully digest everything that you said. See what I did there? Pun intended. (laughs) And also to get a few extra downloads on iTunes. Tell us how our listeners can find and follow you online and where else we can get more of your great advice and tips. You bet. Well, I am on Instagram at BeWellByKelly and my website is KellyLevesque.com and my books are Body Love and Body Love Every Day. To my awesome audience, thanks for listening. I'd love if you shared me with your family and friends. I'm Hootie, I'm Hungry, and you just listened to Hootie the Foodie. You've been listening to Hootie the Foodie. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, make sure to like, rate, and review in your podcast app. And follow on Instagram at Hootie the Foodie. Till next time. <laughs>